Yeah, as we finish up our, our sermon series on the concept of rooted uh, tonight, just kind of to take you back, we had Lent in between some of those things that we went through, but we talked about, first of all, the importance of gathering as God's people. We talked about growing as God's people. We talked about the fellowship that we enjoy in the group that God has given us with each other. A few weeks ago, we talked about giving, that rooted people give, and today we're going to talk about the fact that rooted people go. We tell others. And we're going to do it on the basis of these words from Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. There the Apostle Paul wrote this, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. I don't know that he knew what he was saying, but noted 20th century philosopher Ferris Bueller really made a spiritual point when he spoke these words. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. I'm not sure that he was talking about any more than enjoying the life that you are given in this world, but but you know that that's the attitude that a lot of people have, and it's not anything new. It's not like Ferris Bueller was the first one to discover that truth. You remember in the Apostle Paul's day, the Epicureans said things like, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. We've had sayings like carpe diem, right? Seize the day. And don't worry, be happy. And then, of course, one that you're probably a little bit more familiar with, YOLO, right? You only live once. Again, none of those sayings were meant to drive home a spiritual point, but they actually do, don't they? Because all of those things remind us that there is only one lifetime to find out and believe the most important truth, that, that Jesus is the Savior from sin. There's one chance that people have in this lifetime to come to a knowledge of the truth about their Savior, Jesus. And it's why God has called us as his people to be the ones who take the sweet message of the gospel to others. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote what he did near the end of his letter to the Colossians. Let me just read verse 5 with you again. He wrote this, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. We get the first part, right? Be wise in the way that we act. Let me talk to you just a little bit about some statistics from today. You probably know some of these uh, that the Barna Company, the Pew Research does things like this. They, they interview people and, and even though the population of our country has gone up, are you aware that the attendance in every mainline denomination has either stayed the same or actually gone down as the, as the population has gone up? There's only one, there's a fastest growing group of people in our world, actually has grown by multiple hundreds of percent over the course of the last dozen years or so. They're called the nuns, not N-U-N-S, but N-O-N-E-S. How many have heard that term before? Okay, a few of you. Nuns is a specific word that refers to people who refuse to identify themselves with any organized religion. It doesn't mean that they're all atheists necessarily, but certainly they don't make a priority to gather around God's word. It is the fastest growing group of, I suppose you could say, non-religious people in our world. 
And it just gives us that reminder of, of how important speaking the truth in love is. I don't know if you've spent time thinking about this. I, I, I do. I think about how many people are on the campus of UW-Madison, or if we want to count all of the colleges in the Madison area, maybe 45,000, 40 to 45,000. If Jesus were to come tonight, how many of those 45,000 would be in heaven? I don't know the answer to that question, but it bothers me to think about. And that, that's just the universities here in Madison. What about the state of Wisconsin? What about our country? What about the seven billion people in our world? It's sad to think about, isn't it? It's kind of scary to think about the massive job it is to make sure that the gospel gets to as many people as possible. That's why Paul says what he does. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders, to those who are outside the church. You see, whether we want it to be this way or not, our attitudes, our actions, our words, they make a difference. They make a difference in the way people see their Savior or our Savior, Jesus. And every interaction with somebody else is an opportunity. An opportunity to draw people closer to Jesus or possibly even push them further away. Have you heard this statement before? That you as a Christian, that, that me as a Christian, that we're the only Bible that some people might ever read? People take their cue from you and me about who Jesus is and what he's all about. That's why Paul says to make the most of every opportunity. That phrase in the original Greek is actually about time. And I want to have just a real brief Greek lesson with you today to understand what Paul is saying. The translation is good, to make the most of every opportunity. Other translations actually say this, redeeming the time. Well, what is it talking about? What does that mean to redeem the time? Well, in Greek, there are two pretty distinct words for time. There's chronos, from which we get our term chronological or chronology, right? It's all about watches and hours and seconds and minutes and sundials and daylight savings time and whatever else we use to mark time in this world. There's a second word in Greek that is used for time and that one is kairos. Kairos refers to time too, but it is more about a specific time, an opportune time, the right time for something to happen. Let me give you a little bit of an example. If you would say something like this, when are we going to eat lunch? What time are we going to eat lunch would be a chronos question. You're thinking about a time on a watch dial or a time on a clock. But if you would say, is now the time for lunch? You would probably use the word kairos in Greek. Is this the right time? Is this the perfect time? That's the word that Paul uses here when he says, make the most of every opportunity. The time is now. You see, we realize that, that everybody's time of grace in this life varies and it's important to get the truth to as many people as possible before that time is up. The Apostle Paul used the exact same expression when he wrote a letter to the Ephesians. It goes like this, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. That same expression, making the most of every opportunity, is redeeming the time, looking out for others. 
And so Paul has some encouragement for us today in verse 6 when he says this, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. In our words, in our conversations, in everything that we say and do, we are representing our Savior, Jesus. And when those words, when our attitudes and our actions are full of grace, when we remember the grace that has visited us first from our Heavenly Father, the forgiveness that is ours in Jesus, that's what gives us the opportunity to then be loving and forgiving in our words and actions to others. Paul goes on to use an expression that maybe surprises you at first. How do you season your conversation with salt? I think, at least in my mind, when I hear the word salt, the first thing I think about is a little white shaker on the table, right, that you put on your food for a little extra seasoning or flavor. But I'm guessing that you might remember that back in Bible days before they had ice boxes and refrigerators and freezers like we have today, salt was a preserving agent. Salt was so valuable that it was actually traded like currency, like money. Like you could trade a block of salt or a pound of salt and get something in return. So it's, salt is valuable. It's preserving. And it also did, as especially if it was applied to meat or something to preserve it, it also added flavor to that meat. So think about what Paul is saying about your conversation and mine to be seasoned with salt. First of all, it is something that we want to do in this life to preserve the good news of the gospel so that others can hear the same message that we know to be able to look for opportunities to speak to others about that truth of Jesus and what he's done for us, preserve the gospel truth. But there's a matter of value to our words too, that, that those words are valuable to uplift, to strengthen, to comfort others. And then finally, the idea of flavor. I suppose we could say this way. Our lives as God's people should be a different flavor. We want them to look differently because we want people to be drawn to us by what we say and the things that we do. Paul says, full of grace with your conversation, seasoned with salt so that we're always prepared, that we're prepared to tell people why. What's so important in your life and mine that we can speak to others in a different way, that we can live our lives in a different way? And then keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open for opportunities. Have you noticed this? Have you noticed that some of the best times to be able to talk to other people about your faith is when they've gone through a difficulty in theirs? Maybe, maybe someone in their family is diagnosed with a serious illness. Maybe someone in their family dies. Maybe it's simply a boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with them or a test didn't go like they wanted. Those are pretty great times to bring comfort through Jesus, to tell why that faith is so important to you. But you see what it takes, don't you? We have to be aware of what other people are going through. Listen, look, keep our eyes open to those opportunities and I don't know about you, but I, I can admit freely, that's not an easy thing for me to do because I need to get out of my own way. I need to remember that it, life isn't about me and only me, but God has put me here to help others, to strengthen others as well. And here's the best part. Even when we fail, what Jesus did on the cross covers those sins too. 
and we have life with him forever, which is what strengthens us to go and tell others. Here's how Peter said it in his first epistle, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason, to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. In your heart, set apart Christ. Revere Christ as Lord. And that's what gives us the preparation to give an answer for the hope that we have. Some takeaways tonight. Number one, Jesus has granted all people a time of grace to know him and believe in him. And for you and for the people around you and me, that, that time is now. That time that we have an opportunity to tell others of Jesus is, is right now. Number two, when we are rooted in the word of Christ, we will look for opportunities to help others. It's what Christ has done for us. It's the joy that we have through the salvation that is ours in Jesus that spills over into our lives so that others can hear that message of salvation as well. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, out of the overflow of the, mouth, of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see what he's saying, right? The more Jesus is in us, the more connected we are to our Savior, the more easily the truths of the gospel will flow from us. Jesus' love for us is boundless. His forgiveness is limited, is unlimited. His mercy is new every single day. When that fills us, when we're rooted in the truths of the gospel, when the good news of Jesus and all that he's done for you and me comes back again and again in our hearts and in our minds, that's when God strengthens us to tell others, to be those witnesses. I'll pray for you. Please pray for me that God gives us the opportunity to speak his word boldly and that through that gospel message, he brings faith to many more to join us for eternity in heaven. Amen. All right, we'll include in our prayers today a prayer of thanksgiving for our new worship coordinator, a prayer for the nearing the end of the semester for, for all of you. Uh, some of you are finished. Just raise your hand if you're already done so we can all be upset with you. I'm just kidding. All right, some of you are already done, right? Others of you have a few tests, one or two tests to go. Pastor Wilsman's been done for, you know, a little bit. You, as an auditor, you don't take tests, right, Pastor? Yeah, okay. Uh, but we'll pray for students as the last few days of the semester wind down as well. Uh, are we, do we have any graduates, people graduating Saturday in here? Any graduate? We have a couple right there. Yep, three, four. We have four. Okay, congratulations to our graduates too. We'll pray for you in our prayer tonight as well. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have given us the greatest news ever, the news that, that our sins are forgiven and our life with you in heaven is secured because of all that Jesus has done. We pray that you open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes to see the needs of those that you have put right in our own circle of influence, the people who are in our lives right now. Help us to find opportunities, Lord, to share that message of salvation uh, with them. Keep us, Lord, with conversation that is full of grace and seasoned with salt so that we are great witnesses of your love to us and to all people. Today we thank you, Lord, for uh, the blessing of a new worship coordinator as Steve Peleshek has come with his family, with Carol and his children, Ezra and Luna. We pray that you continue to bless them as they settle into the area, uh, as they unpack boxes and, and set up their new home. Uh, we pray that you keep them uh, uh, in your care, Lord. Uh, limit the anxiety and the, as the new things that are entering into their lives are here. And then give them uh, the blessing, Lord, of being a part of our chapel family just as you make him a blessing to us. 
We thank you for the students uh, before us, those that have been such a huge part of our, our ministry over their years here as they uh, head off to graduation. Uh, we pray for your blessings as they graduate and, and head to new chapters of their lives. We pray for the students who are finishing up their tests, Lord, that you would take away their anxieties as they uh, take those tests and give them strength to use the gifts that you have given them to their full capacity. We pray that you bless them with the success uh, that you know is best for them. We pray also, Lord, that you guide us all. Guide us all to the home that you've prepared for us in heaven, where we will experience in full the joy that you have waiting for us. We pray all these things in our Savior Jesus' name. Amen.